0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros, simulcast on Stadium thirty-two point three one thirty-three on LUS Fiber. The game hotline, 706 And yeah, I'm going to say it on this glorious Tuesday morning. It certainly was not a perfect sports weekend, I guess, depending on who you pull for. But the Saints did score more points than the Cleveland Browns did when those two teams played in frigid cleveland on uh what day was that all all the days kind of go together it's been a long holiday weekend saturday on saturday and it was the game was not without frustration and yet finally the the saints actually got a turnover they haven't gotten very many. They didn't get very many of them all season long, or they haven't gotten very many of them all season long, but they got a critical one, and it came from someone who you kind of almost forgot about was on the team. Like, you remember at the very beginning of the, rec- of the free agent process, they signed Daniel Sorensen, and a lot of us were like, ugh, like, Daniel Sorensen, like, I guess he could be a special teamer. But that better not be their answer. And um, he didn't, you know, he made very little to no impact at all. But he got a big pick. I mean, he was in the right place at the right time. But to his credit, in his career, he's not a great player. But in his career, he's been in the right place at the right time a lot in his career. He's gotten a lot of big turnovers. He's gotten multiple pick sixes. He's just... Um, He's just a guy who's, I don't know, like like I said, he's been in the right place at the right time a lot of times in his career. Now, again, he's not a, like, down for down. He's not, like, pro bowl level or anything close to that. He's not considered even above average or even probably even an average safety, especially at this point in his career. But he's just a guy. He's got a knack for a turnover, and he got one at the right time, and it was uh, look. It was just nice to win a game. I I, I still think the coaching just uh, it, it drove me crazy most of the game. I mean, I'm sitting there watching this game. You got you got a chance to to control field position early in the game. And I'm like, did Batman get hurt? What in the world is going on? I'm sitting there watching the game. They're down 10 to nothing, and Batman hadn't touched a football yet. So it took them to get to 10 to nothing down. And then they decide, you know what? We got this physical guy. Like, it's not really good weather conditions, like about as bad as they've ever played in. Pretty close. And um, you know, throwing the football is a little on the iffy side. You know, maybe, maybe we ought to hand the ball off to number seven. You know, this guy—he's pretty physical and he's pretty fast, and he—he he can break tackles. Um, uh, it's like I was just—I was just beside myself. I was like, "What are they doing?" And then they throw the football and he gets picked off, and I'm just, you have got to be kidding. And finally, when they got down 10, they said, you know what, we might want to just hand the ball to number seven. Well, that's a that's a good idea. I thought it was a good idea. It just took way too long. And then finally they got a turnover. And I, I, I gotta look, I gotta give credit. I I gotta give credit to Z twenty eight. He his you know he didn't run over a lot of people, and I don't ever really want him or expect him to. But he had this he, – he did this, like, it's like he, – he was like a sneak attack runner in this game. He was freezing cold like everyone else was. And, look, they all said after, like, you can say it ain't – now, Carl Granderson talked a good game about how he – I read some quotes where he was like – I, "I to be honest, I really wasn't cold But most of them, you know, they were cold. It, I mean, it was – this was not just cold, like – we will, and I'm going to get to the cage. We were really cold at the Independence Bowl Friday. That was about as cold weather as I've ever been in. Maybe one or two other times, maybe. But it it was cold. Uh, you know, we're not used to that kind of cold where it gets down to single digits. Okay? We're just not. And so the the Saints were like minus 15 wind chill. And the wind was whipping. Um, And so... You know, it's like he would get his four or five yards. Uh, he broke some tackles on the touchdown run. I, you know, Luke was right. You know, I, on, on Thursday, I was like, how in the world they don't have any running backs? How in the world are they going to get any first downs? And I still don't know exactly how they did it because they didn't use Batman nearly enough. I still don't understand it. I, I just I will never understand why they don't utilize the man. But... Um, Z28 had a good game. I mean, he did. I, I, I did not. I mean, he's played teams as bad or worse than the Browns indoors in the Superdome and done nothing, but he goes to Cleveland and he decides he wants to play well. I mean, look, I appreciated it. He had a good game. Wasn't great, but nothing was going to be great in that, in those weather conditions. I just appreciated getting the win. It was just nice, and I know a lot of you don't believe in history, um, but you know the Saints just haven't had very many wins in my lifetime against the Cleveland Browns, and and it's like it took minus fifteen degree weather. Oh, so be it. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Um, it was interesting to listen because the the uh, the color guy. I don't know why I'm forgetting who it was now, but um, he was drilling Stefanski, the play and coach for the for the Browns. I mean, he was hammering him all day, talking about, you know, why are you not running the football? What are you doing? Uh, I mean, he, he he wasn't saying it in quite that tone of voice, but that's what he meant. He was like, "What?" And there they go. He, he would say stuff like, "And there they go again, throwing the football. What are they doing?" It was um, it was a win. Um, one thing on on Friday, the Cajuns. So, if you if you have any thoughts on the Saints game, certainly, or or you know. I mean, the Saints were playing like they were playing with third- and fourth-string guys. I mean, like, one, you know, Marcus Bay didn't play. That guy, he finally played a couple good games. Now he's not playing. Uh, that's day one decided not to play, or whoever decided that he wasn't going to play. And, you know, Werner was out like we talked about and speculated on Thursday. I mean, it's just – I mean, they were playing with a real skeleton crew on defense. Turner was out like he's been – uh, so there there was a lot to like in that they won the game. And you know what? They showed some guts and some spirit for a team that's had a rough season in freezing cold weather. So that was nice. You know, it was nice to see, who was it, Malcolm Roach, celebrating, picking up Dennis Allen and celebrating at the end of that game maybe it means nothing but it was just good to see it was good to see that there was some sort of still camaraderie between the coach and uh, and the and his players and I don't know there there there, there were some good things in that game and they played the Cleveland Browns and they won now of course i was hoping that Dallas would lose Dallas won and so now the Saints will get their face crushed. Although I give them – I've been saying they have 0% chance. I give him, you know, single-digit percent chance just because uh, assuming that Jalen Hurts doesn't play. Now, if Jalen Hurts plays, they, they have zero chance, zero. But if, if if Hurts doesn't play, then I will give them, you know, like a 5% chance, something just north of zero. Um uh, and if the Eagles had won Saturday evening or whenever that was, Saturday late afternoon, early evening, then I would have given them, you know, 20 to 30%. I'd, I'd have given them a reasonable chance. Uh, but now it's just its awful. Just awful. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, sir. Hey,
2: uh, Deuce was giving the Saints a bunch of stuff, too, about not running Taysom and – and- I don't know. He was going off. But I just hey, don't, I know don't know what
1: they're thinking. Like, what are they? Th- what? I just don't know. I mean, again, I say it all the time. It's not These pe- These are not stupid people. They've been doing this for years. Like, what are they thinking? Like, how in the world can you be down 10 to nothing in those weather conditions That Batman hadn't run the ball yet?
2: I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It, it's uh, uh, they're, they're clueless. Anyways, speaking of Deuce, just one quick thing. Where I, I don't know. Like the reason I had to listen to our radio because Carolina was having problems. It's like, dude, y'all get two games a year, and every year something happens to where their their antenna goes out or something. I mean, fix it, come on, you know.
1: It's I, I don't know. I, I have a big problem with them. Well, I had a meltdown. I had a meltdown. Um, in the third quarter of that game, yes, I did. So I'm with you.
2: Anyways, um, did you watch the Arizona
1: Tampa game? I watched the end of it, and it, it you know, all, all they—I'm telling you—all they had to do was convert that pitch that they fumbled, they, and I think they'd have won the game. I bet the, the
2: the Cardinals fans can't wait until that coach coach leaves. Like, how can you put a third string quarterback and a rookie running back in that position? I mean, all you gotta do is just quarterback sneak it. You know, I, I don't know or run it up the middle.
1: Well, they had to get like two yards. I I don't know that it, I think it, it
2: went third and one.
1: I thought it was just one yard. I, I just I, might be wrong. I, I I just I, I look. That's a good rushing defense. I, I I understand them doing what they did, but I mean, look, it would have worked. They had it blocked. If the guy feels the pitch, they it's a first down. I think they win the game. Probably. I mean, uh, you know, they'd yep. have been in field goal range or right at the edge of field goal range. Yep. And, they everything would have pointed towards them winning, but they they couldn't convert the pitch. Uh, the guy but, couldn't catch. Sickening. That he's got to be the lucky luckiest quarterback. Oh, uh, he's the luckiest athlete of all time, no question. It's it's. I just could not believe what just happened. You know,
2: because they were they were about to they were running the clock out and they were going to kick a field goal. You know, yep. and they were in field goal range, and, and, and would it have been two scores at that time, or you know, uh, the game would have been you know
1: unbelievable it's
2: just frustrating yes. yeah. and, and like i can't even celebrate the the cleveland win cuz all i can think about is Mark Ingram. You know?
1: oh no i, I mean I again I, I mean they they should be in in really in pretty good shape right now and 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 he just ruined it yeah so like like that
2: dude could have went down as like the hero and he's like the goat you know, I don't know. He's the original goat. Or a goat used to be, anyways. Yes,
1: thank take you. Thank sure. you. No, it was. Look, I, I'm. I, I tried on Saturday and even Sunday to um, to not worry about playoff pictures and all. I, I just tried to enjoy the victory, and I did. And look, most of you know I'm in a Denver Bronco family. And if you you know if you didn't enjoy the Saints' effort, I'm talking about the the not the result. The Saints' effort in minus 15 degree weather. Um, the Broncos were playing in perfect conditions and did not give Ford the same kind of effort, and so. I got a reminder on Sunday at least to appreciate the effort. And obviously that was the last straw and Hackett got fired. And I, uh, you know, shortly after the game, um, I was actually thinking that they could win that game because the Rams aren't a good football team. But, you know, every once in a while you play well at home and that was just one of the games and and, and the Broncos certainly did not play well. And... um It was ugly, and I think the ugliness of it and the undisciplined kind of feel that it had, you know, and it was kind of a last straw and it wasn't their guy, so they got rid of him. And obviously, the thought process by a lot of people is, all right, is Sean Payton. Is Casper the quitter going to go to Denver? I just... It, it i understand why people are saying it i'm not saying it's impossible very little is impossible in in terms of coaches and where they would go but if you're but would you want to go there with Russell Wilson as bad as he looked and as bad as he looked last season i i don't know i would i would think that Casper's already had a pretty big conversation with Pete Carroll about Russell Wilson already. And if he hasn't already, he's. All, I'm sure he's already talked to people in Seattle. Because, look, I, 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 it's astonishing. It really is. I mean, we're not talking about an old man here. We're talking about a guy who for 10 years was an elite quarterback, he won as many games as any quarterback in NFL history, probably won the most games of any quarterback in NFL history, the his first ten years in the league, and was really good. Was considered a top five or six quarterback in the league just going into last season, and he got off to a good start, and then it was like they he just hit a wall, whatever week that was, week five, six, seven, something like that. And their offense was awful the rest of the way. And Denver's offense has been awful all year. It's like it just can't be. It's just something's not right. I mean, you, how, he's not old. I mean, how can you be good for a decade and then just boom, one week you, you wake up and you're just not good anymore? How can that be? I, I, I just boom. I mean, it, it really – we don't know this, but again if you go back about a month into last season, Seattle's offense went in the tank, in the tank. And he he came to Denver and the same thing happened. It's it's like he just it's like one of those movies where you wake up and your life is just different. I mean, he woke up, he was an elite player, he woke up one week, about a month into last season, and he's been terrible ever since. Terrible. So I and I mean I don't even think there's a clear cut injury explanation for it. Maybe there is. I'm not saying he hasn't had any injuries, but to be that terrible, so I don't know what they're gonna do. And I if if I'm Casper, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I I don't know if he would go there. Plus, so if you believe the reports, he's got Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator who, you know, began his career with the Saints, coaching career, or at least, you know, first big job. And uh, and he's and he just got fired at Denver. He's going to go back. I don't know. Something doesn't add up there. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Open phone lines all two hours except for we're going to be talking UL men's basketball with Coach Mike Murphy um, at about 935. But for now, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back on the game
0: great news my sports loving friend no more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right that's because you've already found the perfect match for sports talk love that is Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to the game. Footnotes on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers. And the World Series champion Houston Astros want to remind you about the Hangout Music Fest. Once again, it will be held May the, tw- May the 19th through the 21st, I should say, in Gulf Shores, Alabama, where you can get such musical acts as Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Lil Nas X, and more. If you would like to win VIP passes to the Hangout Fest, Where you could, well, that will get you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage sized pools, hot tubs, gourmet food. It's a beach vacation like none other. Find out more by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Again, the game hotline is 706 0111. 706 0111. You know, we had a long holiday weekend. And so we're playing a little catch up. Uh, we talked about the Cajun the, the uh, Saints victory over the Cleveland Browns on 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 Saturday. On Friday was the Independence Bowl. And it was really cold. And you know, Raymond and I, I'm sure if you were listening earlier, Raymond told you some stories of our trip to Shreveport. It was it was memorable in a lot of ways. We got through it, and I thought the Cajuns played very well. In fact, I I think it's very possible that was their best performance of the season. Now, they didn't win, and it's always disappointing when you don't win. But if you'd have told—I I really thought they were going to get beat double figures in the game. Now, and then if—but if you told me that they were going to be minus three in turnovers— And really, they were minus two, but technically, they were minus three. Officially, they were minus three. That last turnover, you know, it's a turnover, but really, I don't put much stock into it. It, The game was pretty much over. Um, Well, it was over, barring some miracle. Um, But even if you just go with minus two, if you tell me the Cajuns are going to be minus two, and I'd have said, you know, they're getting beat double figures, uh, and they didn't. Um, you know, when they made the until the la, you know, when they made the second turnover, it was just, you know, they were they were about to take the lead. I mean, they led or tied. They didn't trail in the game until there was twenty seconds to go in the game, and this and the score was sixteen now sixteen to sixteen before that play and. There was, um, I'm sure the cold weather had something to do with it. But I also think they did a great job with controlling Nathaniel Deal, who, Dale, who's, who's a really good player. Like, he's been the most productive wide receiver in college football over the last two or three years. Flat, flat out the most productive. And they could have, should have, would have won the game. And I thought they out out game-planned Houston on offense and defense and, you know, I could say special teams. I think they're special teams. I don't know about they out game-planned them on special teams, but... I thought they did probably a little better on special teams but really it was doubt special teams was about a draw. Reese Burns had a not a good day. He he struggled with the weather and their kicker struggled with the weather and their punter had one or two bad punts too. So it it was essentially a draw I'd say in special teams but um offense and defense I thought I'll game plan them and they just they just didn't win the game because of turnovers and you just can't fumble the football. It just just a just a rough rough, rough way to lose, but I thought overall it was a good it was a good performance an encouraging performance, and they should have could have would have won, but it did it just didn't happen all right let's go back to the game hotline hello oh uh, good morning good morning
3: yeah you know, kevin uh <laughs> Raymond posted a picture of you outside of the independence bowl and it's not your fault you're occasion and you hate the cold, but man, you don't know how to dress up for the cold. <laughs> Putting your
1: hoodie, just tying your hoodie around your neck ain't going to Well, the problem with that on that photo was not the cold, although it was cold. The elevator broke, and we had to, um, when you're fat and never been in shape like me, and you got to (laughs) walk up steps uh, to get to the press box, you know, I just, and then, and being freezing cold to boot, you know, uh, it was, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. It it, it was, there, there were some uncomfortable moments there, let's put it that way.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I hate... like I was in the military. I got stationed up in Alaska. I spent 12-plus hours in negative 20-degree weather.
0: Oh, awesome. I've
3: I've literally had my sweat freeze dripping off my eyebrow, you know? But uh, there is an element of uh, mind over matter. And it's like they said, like, you are freezing. You're miserable, but there is... Depending on your mental toughness, you can kind of block it out somewhat and just kind of go with it. You know, it's like... Uh, yeah, it's like uh, glass half full, glass half empty.
1: Right, you, and you, look, you're gonna, the cages. you not, you're not doing any, Go ahead. The cages and Saints both illustrated that. I mean, in those two games, it, the Saints game was really cold, and a lot of them, you know, they played through it and, and played fairly well at times. So you, that, that illustrates your point, yes, sir.
3: But uh, with the Russell Wilson thing, because we played Seattle last year at Seattle, and they had Geno starting, because Wilson suffered the exact same injury, it was just a different finger that Drew suffered, and it was from the exact same player, Aaron Donald. He went to throw the football, and at the end of his throwing motion, his finger bounced off of Aaron Donald's helmet, and uh, I think he played another snap or two, and he was out, and he had to have surgery on his finger. Uh, The tendon was severed, or whatever it was. I'm like, I'm sure, like, I say I'm sure, but... There's certain elements of, like, it's kind of like you could be having a pretty, going on a walk, but you got a sprained ankle, and you know what I mean? Like, you can technically walk, but it just... Right, right. Man, this would be so much better if I didn't have this stupid sprained ankle right now, you know? And with Russell Wilson, it's possible that, like, his confidence is never going to be the same, or, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, he just, he'll, he'll never be that same sort of player and it could be a physical thing it could be a mental thing but the other thing is like in Seattle there were rumblings about it when he was still there and after he left and since then it's come out to the surface a lot more that whether he's like he's just like this me guy or a locker room guy or he's, he's just not he's not like he I think they when I was growing up they called him posers people that act one way but they're really not I don't know, like, he comes across as, like, fake, you know? And uh, when a guy like that is trying to be a leader and they've shown multiple examples of teammates, you know, it's just, it's like a, it's not good. So with uh, saying all that with Sean Payton, it's like, like, the whole talk about Sean Payton coming back to the Saints, I want whatever's best for the Saints. I'll say that every year. And if if him coming back is what's best, I'll I'll go for it. But really, I want the draft picks. I want the compensation. And I think they made the Alave or Penny, whichever one it was, whenever they traded that to go into the first round. I think they did that with the idea of we're going to get something for Sean.
1: Yeah, I think that that was in their mind in that. Yeah.
3: But with Denver, what do they have? Like future draft picks wise, they gave up a whole bunch to get Russell. So they're not going to have anything to offer us. and that's, I'll, I'll hang up and l- listen, but that's going to be interesting. Is If Sean Payton says, I want to go to Team A, and Mickey Loomis is like, all right, well, this is what we want. And the deal doesn't go through because we can't. They want Sean, but right, Sean wants them. No, it could saying, get complicated. You know, You're right. They aren't giving us what we want.
1: Yeah, it could they're get complicated. Listening. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, sir.
4: You know, the Saints are in this must-win situation, playing on a slab of concrete, and uh, possibly the most important game of the year. And halfway through the second quarter, the picture bleeps out and doesn't come on again.
1: Oh. So
4: I'm on a Dish Network. I don't know if that's Dish or whatever, but I did go to the antenna, and it was out on the antenna also. So I couldn't watch it, but I was keeping up with what was going on during the game. But it, you know, it's not the same. It's just such an important game; you want to see it.
1: Yeah, well, it was it was it was frustrating. I find one of my daughters gave me the advice why because normally it's not there if you have the the Sunday ticket, but it actually was there on Saturday on the Sunday ticket. So I was able. I miss, you know some key plays, but I was able to watch the fourth quarter, um, because I, 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 uh, I wish I'd have flipped to the Sunday ticket right away, but it
4: looked like it, it looked like it was kind of getting away from them when the picture went out. I wasn't really hopeful that, uh, yeah, I was hopeful, but I wasn't really expecting, but, uh, my son-in-law was watching it on an Android phone on Paramount plus Plus. And gave me updates and all that, but man, it's, it's surely not the same. But God, looked cold and miserable. No, it
1: was. It was cold and miserable. Uh, they 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 played make it take it, which is always good. It wasn't a it wasn't a maximum make it take it, but it wasn't a minimum when, uh You know, sometimes when you play make it take it, it's field goal, field goal. But they got field goal touchdown on make it take it and. And, and and it got some momentum, and then they got a turnover and, and scored again and, and, and made it work. So it was um, – yeah, there was some frustration involved uh, before it went out and during while it went out, but at least they got the win. And, and again, in, my, in our lifetime, they ain't had many wins over the Browns, so I'll take it.
4: Well, they, uh, who was it you were talking about that celebrated and picked up Dennis Allen after the game?
1: It was uh, – I'm pretty sure it was Malcolm Roach. I mean, okay. it was well- – it was more emotion than we've seen on the Saints' sideline most of than you know most of this season. But it was it was it was nice to see at least.
4: Yeah, I did see Dennis Allen get emotional uh early in the in the game, uh, and that was encouraging, but it sounds to me like uh the team likes him.
1: Well, I certainly think they respect him. Uh now again, they've gotta stop fumbling the football. I mean you know that's the thing that, that that and 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 he's got if he stays which i think he's going to he's going to have to improve upon some things that, that that did not go well and he did not do well and and, and offensively their philosophy's got to get a little more aggressive in certain situations and they got to stop fumbling the football they just have to i mean that that's just that's something they've never had a problem with and it has been it was a problem this year yeah that's true but
4: uh it's encouraging uh to Hear that they, that they won the game. But yes. uh, the Cajuns game was uh, really interesting. They started out so well. And I, man, when I saw those first two drives and all that and how aggressively they were running the ball and figured it was going to take running to win that game, um, I didn't think Houston was going to come out of it. But uh, they somehow did.
1: Well, again, fumble. I mean, you just, you can't fumble the football. I mean, it's just, it's not been good they had nine fumbles this year they had two of them in that game that they lost Fine nine they had more than nine fumbles but nine fumbles that they lost this season and that's just too many you just can't that's too many
4: yeah well it's gonna be interesting in the next few weeks uh i i would still give them a chance uh against philadelphia i know you said they have zero chance of Jalen plays but uh i don't know um Jalen doesn't have. I mean, no, the Eagles don't have as much to play for. They they got their deal.
1: Well, no, they Denver. didn't. They didn't get it. If they had won, I'd feel much better. But they lost at the very end to Dallas. So now they still have not clinched their no, the number one seed, and that that's that's important for them.
4: Meanwhile, meanwhile, Dallas celebrates as if they had done something really unique and special again.
1: Well, it was a good win for them. It kind of keeps them in the in the race. But no, I I don't I don't I don't I don't think the Saints can look. The Saints don't even have. I thought they were going to be healthy, and, and 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 they they were playing third and fourth stringers all over the field on on Saturday. So, I mean, even whether Hertz plays or not, they got to get some bodies on the field. I mean, uh, you know, it, uh, it it's it's ridiculous, but we'll see. I'm just trying to enjoy the win for the week, and we'll see what happens on Sunday.
4: Yeah, it makes it low. Still in it. You know, like the like the graphic says, we're in the hunt.
1: I just like to win. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just nice did. to get a few wins. I appreciate yeah, the call. I, Thank I you, like, sir. I like. Okay, bye. Have a good one. You too. We'll take a timeout. Come back, shift gears to Coach Murphy next on the game.
0: Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back. Footnotes on the game we have with us. UL Men's Basketball Director of Operations, Coach Mike Murphy. How are you, sir? Good morning, Kevin. I'm great. How about you? Well, we uh, had a nice long Christmas weekend. It was it was good. It's good to get a break sometime.
5: Yeah, it is. Uh, For us, though, you know, with basketball, you know, you kind of you kind of stuck. That's one of the one things I don't like about the season of basketball is that Thanksgiving is always occupied and Christmas is always occupied. Right. Generally, you're always playing over Thanksgiving, so you spend no time with your family. And then even at Christmas, when you get a Christmas break, you're only talking really about three days. By the time you have one day for travel to home, one day to travel back from home, and then you only have like two, two days, maybe three at most at home. So for our guys, it's really, really quick. But it, but it is quality time, to be sure. And um, the guys usually come back pretty refreshed. Yesterday, we had a, a great day of practice in the afternoon. The guys were really spirited. They played hard. They practiced hard. And and were very talkative, so that was a good sign. Um, getting ready for this uh, Carolina's road swing.
1: Well, um, you know, and and again, it's a weird time of the year, like you're saying. Yet yeah, these, you know, yeah. these games are important. I mean, these are conference games that you start with on the road, and six of the first eight are on the road. So you always want at least a split. Obviously, you would love better than that. But uh, how it sounds like you're comfortable with where the team is mentally coming off of the the game in Austin and, and and going into this weekend
5: yeah I mean it seemed that way yesterday in practice I mean everybody was was locked in they were talkative uh, there was a lot of energy um, guys were very very uh, like I said spirited uh, they were working hard and um, that was that was nice to see sometimes that doesn't happen when you come back Um uh, after the Christmas break because travel you know, taxes the guys' bodies. They would have liked to spend a little bit more time at home. Heck, the coaches would have liked to spend a little bit more time at home. Um, so sometimes that first day back can be a little arduous, but um, not in this case. I was really impressed with the energy they brought to practice yesterday and their level of enthusiasm and how locked in they were in to what the coaches were having to say in terms of getting ready for Coastal Carolina.
1: Now, in the past, this trip, would it, this weekend or similar would would be going to coastal and then app is this uh, is this quite a bit easier than that or about the same no
5: it's 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 you know it's not a whole lot different oddly app's one of those teams we don't play this year everybody doesn't play one team in a league and for us it's app state um as you said in the past this is the app state coastal carolina trip where they were paired they were travel partners And with the four additions, that's not the way it is anymore. So we're going to play at Coastal Carolina on December 29th and at Old Dominion in Norfolk, Virginia on December 31st. Um, And that's a a new team to the league, a a team we haven't played. So it'll be interesting. But it's really six one way half a dozen considering the distance between Boone and Coastal Carolina. I mean, between Boone and Myrtle Beach and then Myrtle Beach and Norfolk. It's not dramatically different. But it's two road games to start league play, right? And as you said, six of our first eight are on the road, so there's there's uh, you kind of have your backup against the ball a little bit right away, early in conference, because you're starting on the road. You'd much prefer to start at home, but, you know, half the teams are on the road, half the teams are at home. And and we'll make up for that at the end of the year where we play six of our last eight at home. But um, you sure would like to play those early games at home or as many as possible just so you give yourself a, a chance to get off to the best start possible. Because statistically, you know, it just it is what it is. Seventy-two or seventy-five percent of the teams that play at home win, and, and there's a reason for that. But um, this is the schedule. Uh, we'll adapt to it, and uh, as I say, the dogs bark and the caravan moves on.
1: All right. So Coastal is about six and five, I believe, um, yep, on the season. So tell us about. You know, the style of play, what, 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 you, what have y'all learned about Well, this? they've
5: only got three players coming back from last year's team. Now, we've had some success up there. We won four of the last five up there, and we won last year at their place. Colby Julian hit, hit a uh, uh, shot from the left corner to, to uh, give us the win as time ran out. And um, it was a great pass from, from Mike Thomas to Colby, and he was on the left wing and, and, and nailed the three. Um, they're six and five. Uh, they've only got three players back from last year's team. Uh, they've got six transfers. They're an older group because of the transfers. Uh, they're, they're dominant senior and junior. Um, they'll, they'll like to push the ball in transition. They like to play up-tempo, as most teams try to do. Um, defensively, they're primarily man-to-man, but they will play some box in one, some triangle and two, a little bit of matchup zone. They'll, they'll, Cliff Ellis has been known to change defenses quite a bit during the course of a game, so we'll see what he does here. I'm sure Jordan's going to see a heavy dose of double teaming, if not triple teaming, and um, we'll have to adjust to that. He'll have to adjust to that. But they're offensively, they try to play in the open court. They're up tempo, um, and uh, with transfers, a lot of transfers is probably the easiest way to play, although you, use a little bit of, you, you lose a little bit of control when you do that. And defensively, I said, like I said before, they're predominantly man-to-man with some triangle one, diamond. I mean, some uh, box and one, triangle two type things to confuse you a little bit offensively, uh, de- defensively.
1: So is this a matchup where if the more half-courts you play, the better it, it, it advantage Cajuns?
0: Or? No,
5: not necessarily, because when you change defenses a lot, a lot of times what you can do is get teams caught and not knowing what they're doing in transition. You know, if you're playing man one time down the floor, then you're in a triangle and two the next time down the floor, then you're boxing one the next time down the floor, if you're able to rebound the ball and get out and run and, and fill your lanes and and get a a post presence at the front of the rim. You can take advantage of that because of uh, everybody not being on the same page defensively in transition. That's the hardest thing about transition defense is knowing who's got the ball, who's got the next pass, and who's got the basket. And um, a good offensive team takes advantage of that. A really good defensive team has that settled when that rebound is made. They know who's guarding the ball, who's guarding that next pass, and who's guarding the basket. So in transition – with a team that changes defenses quite a bit, you might catch them a little bit discombobulated, if you will, not knowing what they're exactly supposed to do and take advantage of that. Now, Having said that, like I said, they're primarily a, a man team. But, but for us, uh, the key is going to be making sure that when we get the ball in transition, we have great spacing. Spacing stretches defenses. And I don't care what defense is. When a defense gets stretched, it really helps Jordan Brown at the paint. Because we've got good shooters in Greg Williams and Kentrell Garnett, Jalen Delcourt, who can make threes and have shown to make threes on a consistent basis. So when you run your lanes and you have great spacing, when you stretch that defense, it really, really puts them in a box. Do I leave those shooters open and collapse in the post? Or do I get to those shooters and play one-on-one in the post? You know, and Jordan is shown to be very effective one-on-one in the post. He had success against Texas. Because they played some man, they doubled him a little bit, but they played some, uh, I mean, they played a lot of man. They played all man, but, but they. I mean, they played single coverage with Jordan in the post, and they really wanted to take away Kentrell and Greg Williams on the perimeter. And uh, when that happened, you know, Jordan had a double-double against, against you know, the seventh-ranked team in the country. And, and having said that, you know, when we shoot the ball from the perimeter, it really puts defenses in a box because now you have to stretch it. They go away from doubling in the post. They don't have that extra defender, which allows Jordan some space at the rim.
1: All right, one more question, Coach, about this matchup. What about the rebound? That's a little bit of a concern of mine in the la- in recent games. Uh, how does a rebound matchup look like well, against glad you Coastal? Brought
5: that up. Coastal Carolina's always been a very good rebounding basketball team, and and we've got to be cognizant of that. We've got to put a body on somebody when a ball goes up, and then we've got to go chase the ball. The ball's not going to come find you. You've got to go find it. So defensively, you only want to give up one shot. And every time you give up a second shot, I don't care how many games you watch, it always like that second shot usually ends up being a three-point shot, right? A team gets an offensive rebound, they kick it out to a wide-open shooter, and he nails a three. So we've got to be cognizant, mindful of when a shot goes up, find a body, block that body out, but then go pursue the ball. Go get the ball. Offensively, we want to do just what we talked about. Go get that second shot. Go get that third shot. But once again, that only happens unless you pursue the ball. So rebounding is going to be a key in any game you play against anybody at any level. Um, we've been good at it. We can get better. And if we're great, we'll have a, we'll have a chance to win a championship. But you've got to start with every blockout hitting the body and then going and getting the ball.
1: All right. Well, we appreciate your time during this kind of busy, weird holiday season, and uh, we uh, and we and uh, y'all have a safe travel, and hopefully you can get uh, come back with a win or two over the weekend. That'd be tremendous.
5: Yes, sir. Thanks, Kevin. Go Cajuns. Happy New Year to everybody.
1: Happy New Year to you, too. All right, UL Director of – Men's Basketball Director of Operations, Mike Murphy. No, big, 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 big stretch to start the season. We're all in holiday mode, but – these games are really important for the Cajuns. We'll see. Hopefully they can get w- at least one, uh, even two. We'll be back. Finish out the first hour on the game. Welcome back. I want to remind you if you use Amazon Alexa or Google Home to help make your life easier, as always, you can do it with your radio as well. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play. The game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles. With you, home office, everywhere you go. Again, appreciate Coach Murphy coming on. No, it it can gonna get lost. Like most of us are still, you know, in holiday mode mentally uh, as fans and media members, and hopefully not players and coaches. And you know, you're looking forward to and planning weekend festivities, New Year festivities, and yet you have these games that are being played. I mean, it'd be best if they were started right after New Year, but that's not the case. The 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 Cajun women will be at home on Thursday and Saturday while the Cajun men open on the road, and these games are very important for the Cajun men in that, as we said, six of their first eight are on the road, and so if they can get off to a good start, then that will give them that will make having all those home games at the end where six of their last eight are at are at home, um they can maybe really make some hay by playing home games late. But again, you don't wanna be in catch up mode. And so it's very important that they, you know, you you want to at least be 4-4, four and four, but really you want to be better than that. I mean, if you can be 6-2 and two or 5-3 and three, um, in these first eight games, conference games, where you're playing a lot of road games, it can really set them up nice for the stretch drive. So we'll see how that plays out. That's it for one hour, another hour to follow. Stay tuned on the game.
0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. 706-0111. It's a little different. It's kind of like a Monday, but it's a Tuesday. at a long holiday weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself uh and got a chance with family and uh to coach Murphy's sentiment. Probably not nearly enough, at least for some of us, but um uh, you know with, with basketball and other things going on we've got high school basketball tournaments all over the Katiena area that start today well one started yesterday the the annual Northwest High holiday tournament started yesterday um but you know with St Thomas Moore's Sunkist shootout is starting today it's gonna it's it actually is starting pretty much as as we speak. Uh, the first game was scheduled for 10 a.m. St. Martinville's got its annual tournament it's been having since the late 80s, and they, they call it the Daryl Mitchell um, tournament now. Uh, and, and, you know, it's going on. Um, you've got uh, a boys' t- round-robin tournament beginning tomorrow at North Vermillion. You've got Vermilion Catholic, the Tide tournament's been going on for a long, long, long time. If it's not the longest consecutive tournament going on, it's pretty close. It might be the longest, and uh, and it's it's uh, just a girls' event now, and it is it is it's a round robin event, not a bracket event, and it's starting today as well. Saint Edmund's got a huge tournament going on, and it's starting today. So, uh, North again, I said North and boys have one. and Catholic has a girls tournament. Uh, Saint Edmund, uh, Turlings, Turlings. Has a tournament going on um, today, tomorrow, and the next day? I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's today, tomorrow, and the next day. So, yeah, high sk- If you are f- wanting to watch a little holiday basketball because you're off, you got a great opportunity to do that all over the Acadiana area, starting today, and really, as I said, up at Northwest High and Prairie. Uh, Ron starting on uh, started yesterday, so. We've got, you've got that going on and plenty of football. Uh I watched a fair amount of football. Wouldn't say a lot. Uh In about an hour, there's a bowl game involving a Sunbelt team. Georgia Southern is playing uh, Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl. And then later on tonight at about six o'clock or so, Coastal Carolina is playing Eastern Carolina, uh, East Carolina. So, It is, uh, you know, we still got a couple more Sunbelt teams. Sunbelt got off to a great start, but then South Alabama did not do well. It looked like the Cajuns were going to win. South South Alabama didn't do well in the New Orleans Bowl. It looked like the Cajuns were going to win the Independence Bowl, but then they got beat at the wire. So uh, kind of got off to a good start, lost two. So we'll see if the Sunbelt can finish strong today with Georgia Southern in the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery and Coastal Carolina um in its bowl game on the East Coast so uh, we, you got that going on uh again as I said I watched as much as I could of the Saints game there were some difficulties there like Rooster Illustrated uh or pointed out I I saw the after watching a movie um Christmas night, we when it when the movie was over, there was I don't know it was like five minutes to go maybe in the game and then overtime. So we watched the end of the of the Cardinals in the Yugs game, and of course that didn't go to Saints' way. Um, I did watch a little bit of Tua's meltdown. When when would that have been? Early Christmas Day if I remember correctly. Whenever, I don't know, all these games are going together. But anyway, I saw the end of uh, when Tua melted down against the Packers. Um, and the Packers just kind of keep hanging in there. Uh, that was that was not a good, again, Tua had a nice little early start to the season, but he's been really struggling. And, and again, these aren't just bad luck passes. These are bad passes he's throwing. He's throwing... Bad interceptions, you know. Um, you know there are interceptions when you when when you throw it up for grabs and the def- It's a 50-50 ball. There and the defensive back wins. That's bad. There are interceptions that are essentially punts, and then there are interceptions that are tipped and, and, and you know like the Saints interceptions in both in both interceptions in the Saints game Sunday were were essentially just tipped balls that you know. Bad luck plays kind of for the defense, of course. If you're running Batman, you don't have to worry about that, but that's a different subject. But uh, these these interceptions at two or three, I mean, they were just really bad reads, just not seeing guys. And um, Dolphins got off to a hot start. They've been kind of struggling, and he's a big part of that, um, getting some wins of late. Uh, again, I saw the end of the Cardinal game. Man, it's been a – for the teams that I have – you know games that i've watched and the teams that i kind of hope win it, it, it's been a it's been a recent run of your defense is on the field and the other teams marching down the field and are you going to survive i mean we got that with the game and, and when the saints lost to the yucks it's going to be known as the mark ingram game for a, for a long time um but that you know that game came down to just hoping that they don't score. And then the, the Independence Bowl, once again, came down to Houston driving down the field, hoping they don't score, and they did. Uh, the, had, we had the same situation uh, with the Saints and the Falcons, hoping that the Falcons didn't score, and you got a pick. And so you were able – I mean, well, actually, what you got was a, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery, uh, and you were able to overcome that. Same thing Sunday with the Saints and the Browns. You know, the, the Saints had a chance to put it away, couldn't do it. And you were just hoping, and I was thinking the whole time, the Browns are going to go for two. They're going to score, and they're going to go for two. And they got into the Saints red zone, but Carl Granderson was, at, well, first of all, they got lucky. You know, they the Cleveland's receivers dropped two passes. Well, one of them was a tight end, but they dropped two passes. I mean, the Saints were very fortunate. They got a break. The guy dropped. Now, again, these are miserable conditions, so it's not like catching the football is as easy as normal. I mean, you can call it a drop, and it was a drop, but I guess when you're in minus 15 degrees, you got a little bit of an asterisk, not not really one, but kind of a It's a little more understandable to drop passes when it's minus 15-degree wind chill, and it's ice everywhere. Um, but the Saints did get lucky, and then Granison delivered the coup de grace with a, with a, with a sack. Um and so that was good to see of Deshaun Watson. So but but again there's been it seemed like every game lately there's been so many of them the teams that I'm kinda pulling for or really pulling for, you know, it's it's like they're never on offense. They're on defense at the end and it's just can they survive? You know, the game I always go back to in my mind when this is going on was I don't know the exact year, eighty nine or ninety and the Saints were playing the Rams in Anaheim. Pretty sure it was in the Anaheim days of the Rams. And uh, Jim Everett and company were driving down the field, and it looked like they were going to win. And, and, and Gene Atkins got a pick in the end zone, and 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 were able to sew up the win. So I always think, you know, it can happen. Like the other team is driving. the Most fans' automatic thought is, well, they're going to drive down and score a touchdown. And a lot of times that happens. Seems like most of the time that happens. At the end of a game, you, it it, almost, it always seems like the team with the ball dries down and scores and beats you. And and I always think back to that Ram, Gene Atkins in, the in, in interception, in the end zone, whatever that was, 30-something years ago. 30 years ago, 31, 32 years ago. Um. And, and, and it kind of gives me hope. I said, like, it can happen. It does happen sometimes. And it actually happens more times than we probably realize. But it just always seems like that team always drives down and scores. And in the in the Cajuns' case, it did happen. In the uh, in the Yuk's case, it did happen twice: first to the Saints, and then to the Cardinals. Of course, if Mark Ingram knew how to run out of bounds. You know, the Cardinal guy, the what if in the Cardinal game, like we discussed earlier when David Carr was, a rookie running back had to catch a pitch and get around the corner. Well, that doesn't happen all the time. Like sometimes when third-string quarterbacks pitch the ball to rookie running backs, they don't catch it and get the first down. Now, if they'd executed, I think the blocking was there. It was going to work, and I think they were going to win the game unless – Uh, Prater missed the kick, which he didn't miss that many. Uh, He's a pretty good kicker. So very good chance the Cardinals were going to win the game. But that's different than a veteran running back running towards a first down marker, and all he has to do is run to the left of it and get the first down like he's done countless times in his career. And this time he decides, no, I'm just going to run to the right of the – I'm just – you're going to do What? well i'm just going to run to the right of the first down marker and not get the first down even though no one's around me like that's what i'm going to do right now that 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 that's what he he thought he should do um and so that kind of ruined that deal but but look the, in the falcons game and the browns game so the last two the last two wins for the saints they were able to defense even though they didn't play great on those possessions because again on the fumble against the Falcons, he got the. It was a fourth down play, and he got the first down. They executed. They just were fortunately and fortunate enough to force a fumble, and they f- were able to get off the field and win the game with the defense on the field in Cleveland. But it really was because of two drop passes by the Browns. So they got a little lucky. Would we'll take it, take some, take some good fortune. Uh, they've had plenty of bad fortune in recent years, but. Uh, with the Cajuns, it, it it um. I got reminded since since Friday's loss to Houston in the Independence Bowl, um, we talked over and over and over and over again throughout the whole off and the early part of this Cajun season how that the Cajuns the last two years were 13-1 and one in one-score games and that the chance of that happening, continuing, was just basically not, it wasn't going to happen. Like, you weren't going to continue to win close games. Well, as it's turned out, the Cajuns didn't win any close games this year. <laughs> it, it did happen. The fears did were realized. The Cajuns did a much better job of when they were winning, which is what Coach Des was hoping. Um, when they won, they won by double figures. It didn't go down to the last possession. It wasn't, they weren't one score games. Uh all six of the Cajuns wins were by double figures. And the and they after losing Friday, they were 0-4. So they didn't play as many one-score games, but they didn't win any of them. They didn't win any of the one-score games. You know, they lost uh, the game where they blew it against Monroe ULM up in Monroe. They should have won that game. Special teams and a defensive lapse late. Special teams debacle. Uh, and a defensive lapse late, and and they didn't win the game. They should have won. Led most of the game. They just didn't win. Um, and then they lost the close. They lost on a last-second field goal to Troy. A last-second field goal to S- South Alabama. And then they lost this game by a touchdown here. Um, So those were the one score loss games and and the rest of the games were double figures and they, and they just didn't win any of the low low scoring in any of the one score games this year. And again, that's not shocking now. I mean, I don't know that any of us were predicting that they would win none of them, but that's the way it worked out. And so it's, um, Lot you know, lots still a lot. I think I think overall it was a, an encouraging finish to the season. At midseason for the Cajuns, things were not looking real good. They weren't playing all that well. Uh they didn't look like, you know, it was like, man, are they really gonna be able to do this or rebound? And I, and I think mostly they did. If you know, if they would have just gone two and two in these ones, two ones in these four one score games, then you got eight wins and you're feeling much better about yourself. And, but, but still, I, I think that they did a lot of things well. I thought they out game playing Houston in this matchup and they just didn't win. You cannot fumble the football. It's just, look, fumbles are going to happen here and there, but nine lost fumbles is just too many. Too many. And so we'll see what the Cajuns can, uh, if they can get better. And the same situation with the Saints, they got to stop fumbling too. And, um, and their fumbling this year was 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 awful, and hopefully they can put a halt to that as well. But we'll see. Uh, again, we've got some bowl games today we talked about, and then obviously you look where you know most of the college football world is looking forward to um, New Year's Eve, where you have Michigan playing TCU about what three o'clock, and then Georgia is going to play Ohio State in the national semifinal matchups at about 7 o'clock, and I, I think it's very possible that neither one of those games is going to be close. I, I, I don't think Ohio State can beat Georgia. I just I just don't think that's going to happen. I, get, I guess tennis, I give TCU a fighting chance against Michigan, and we'll see how that plays out. I'm hoping that's a close game if I'm going to sit down and watch it, which I don't know that I'm going to, but if I do, I'm hoping it's somewhat competitive. Um But we'll see. We'll see how those games play out. But that's kind of what most of the college football world is pointing to on Saturday. So we'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.
0: How much does foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because
1: I was no longer a 49er.
0: Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to the game. Footnotes on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, in your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros, as always. Want to remind you to join the Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Today, you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. Also, again, you can't win any of these prizes or get eligible for others unless you join the Game Clubhouse. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. By going to 1037theGame.com or 1041theGame.com. The game hotline is 7060111. 7060111. If you would like to get in, we've kind of discussed the Cajun game from sat I mean from Friday, the Saints game from Saturday, talked a little bit about some of the games on Christmas Day. I did not watch any of the game last night. The Chargers and the Colts. Man, the Colts have been on not on on primetime a lot the last few weeks. It's like, well, why? Why are they not flexing these games anyway? Um, I don't know how all that works, but it just seemed like the Colts are not a real good team to be watching on national TV, and it seemed like they've had quite a few lately. But the Chargers qualified for the playoffs. So, again, the most natural destination for Casper to go is the Chargers. The problem is they're not going to fire. I don't think they're going to fire their coach. You're going to the playoffs. And, I mean, how do we know that Staley is not Sean Payton 25 years ago? He's this young offensive mind who sometimes does crazy stuff. I mean, Sean Payton early did some crazy stuff. That's why they relieved him of his play calling duties when he was with the midgets all all those years ago you know, 22, 23 years ago, whenever that was. I mean, I just, I don't see the Chargers firing Staley. They just qualified for the playoffs with two weeks to go. And so, so I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't see him going to Denver because the Russell Wilson situation, unless he just feels like, there's something that he's been told that he can fix it but again supposedly his defensive coordinator if you believe the reports that he's already assembled the staff and Vic Fangio is going to be the, his defensive coordinator that um it'd be a double homecoming because again Vic Fangio was for those of you who don't remember all the Benedict Arnold days King Benedict uh, Dom Capers was the initial, the first ever head coach at a, at a Carolina Panthers, which I, on this show is called the, the, uh, the Benedict Arnolds. Uh, the linebacker coach for the Dome Patrol was Vic Fangio, who left with King Benedict, Don Capers, to go be the defensive coordinator in Orneville, uh, when when the mass exodus left New Orleans and I and I originally nicknamed them the Benedict Arnold's back whatever year that was 93, 94, whatever that was but and they and they became um, the Benedict Arnold's so um you know I, I just don't see that happening again none of this is impossible I'm just saying I don't see it happening is it possible they would fire Staley and hire Casper I guess it's possible, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, And so I don't see him going to Denver, so I don't know where he's going to go. Now, we we haven't finished the season yet. Uh, Other coaches could get fired. It could be even positions and jobs where we don't know. Um, Could he go to the Colts? That's a crazy coach. I mean, a crazy owner. I don't know how much he... But they, you know, they won a lot of games. Um, they don't really have a quarterback necessarily. They've been struggling with the quarterback position there. But Casper has said that the quarterback, the having the young quarterback, is is an overrated thing. In from is what he said. Now doesn't mean he's. He's a coach and he's speaking, so it's possible. He's very possible that he's lying, but that's what he said. And that the the commitment to win and the the GM and the front office and all that is more important to him than having a quarterback in place. So you might say, well, maybe he likes the new owners in Denver, but 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 again, the the new owners in Denver—it's an unproven commodity. They're new. And they're different doesn't mean that they don't, they're not, they haven't done this for very long. And so I, I think the GM and the ownership group in Denver is a very unproven commodity. So I, I don't I don't see where there's any track record there for Casper to say, well, I want to go there because they had they, they they're proven winners. Well, they've never really done anything. So uh, you know, I don't again, that's another reason why I don't see that happening. Um The Colts, again, he's strange, but they've won. So I guess that's possible. Um, If he came back to New Orleans, that would be a double homecoming. But again, I don't really think that's going to happen because I don't think they're going to fire Dennis out. I could be wrong, but I don't think they're going to. So no, I mean, who knows? Um. There's quarterbacks, you know. Where's Brady going to be? Next? Tampa. I don't. I mean, I don't think when Casper left, there was a lot of bitterness. There didn't seem to be any bitterness. And so I don't. I don't believe he's going to do the oh well. Let me let's get back at the Saints. I'm going to go coach the Arnolds, which theoretically could happen, or I'm going to go coach in Tampa, which theoretically could happen. I don't, I don't think there's this big vengeance thing against the Saints, so I don't see that happening. Um, but again, there's not a there, – there wouldn't appear to be a long line of options. I mean, the Cardinals made sense to me, but I, I just don't know if the Cardinals – the Cardinals don't have this great ownership group. Most people kind of ridicule them. So I don't see that happening either. So um, – Again, any of it's possible, but not a not a lot of, man, of all the named teams that I just mentioned, the Saints or the Colts seem as as possible or, or as good of options as anyone. You know, there were all the rumors that he was going to go to Miami, but they got a good young coach. Um, I don't know if they have a good young quarterback. I mean, I think he's just okay. I mean, he's. But, but but their losses, I don't think, are because – I think they got a good young coach. I just think that they, he needs to get a better quarterback probably. But 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 their defense this year wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, I picked them – the Dolphins to go to the playoffs because I thought their – the, they, they've got more weapons on offense and they've shown that. And when you couple that with a defense that had played really well in recent years, I thought – that was going to mean a little more success. And and the defense hadn't been there, and, and two has been thrown to way too many picks of late. So we'll see how that plays out. But I don't see that as an option either. So it's kind of a bizarre situation, and yet he'll he'll end up somewhere, and it might shock us. I mean, look at the quarterback situation we had this past season. It was – um. Some, sh- I mean, none of us saw the Broncos giving Russell Wilson all that money. I mean, all the talk was Aaron Rodgers was going to Denver. And that didn't happen. And they ended up giving all this money to Russell Wilson, and he's been terrible. I mean, it, you know, I thought they'd win because the defense has played well through all of Russell Wilson's terribleness this season. But, man, and they were playing against Baker Mayfield. And they just didn't show up. I mean, they looked like they wanted no part of playing on Christmas Day. They didn't want any part of that deal. Uh, that was just a no-show. And what did they get beat, 51-14? to 14. That was, You don't see those kind of scores in the NFL very often. That was um, a disaster show for sure. So, again, um, we're all guessing. We're all speculating right now. But uh after after the Chargers clinched the playoff spot last night, I don't I don't I mean I don't even have a good guess. Again, my my prediction from a year ago was the Cardinals, but they just that's not a good situation. Like their quarterbacks weird, it seems, and that's a weird situation. They got a lot of old players that are leaving, and they've got some good young talent. Like they've got two linebackers who are extremely talented. They've got some wide receivers that are good, that are still young enough. And they got a quarterback that's young enough, although he's really strange. And, but, you know, their ownership group's a little weird. So I I mean the Cardinals would make sense for him. Warm climate, you know, not that far from Southern California and San Diego. LA area, not that far from there. And yet they're they're kind of a weird team. But maybe he feels like he can make his mark. Maybe I'll end up getting that prediction right, although with Kyler Murray, I just I just don't know how good of a scenario that is. So we'll uh, we'll just kind of wait and see and continue to speculate. But to Ormond's point, um, you know, from the Saints perspective, you kinda want the picks. On one hand, you I think I think there would be some Saints fans that would welcome him, welcome Casper to quit or back after quitting on the team. Uh, others, because he quit on the team, they want no part of him back. But I think most Saints fans would rather him just, at this point, go somewhere else and, and the Saints get the draft pick. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back more with you on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros.
0: Kevin Foote. An award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season
1: of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decide to inflict them with, with the, the host's bounty game silliness.
0: His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise.
1: Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. Just out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this Bounty Gate
0: ceiling. Dr. Foote is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team. Here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game wanna remind you about the Lund the Gras barathon on Monday, February the 20th. Man, we're already talking about Mardi Gras. It is uh, it's actually like not that far away, I guess. We're not that far away from the beginning of January, and then it'll be in February. That means we're not that far away from talking about baseball and softball, and we're freezing to death still. So really strange the way that time of the year, the way that works. But it's four miles through Freetown just south of the parade route. You wear a costume and enjoy free drinks throughout the course served at the uh, adult hydration station. A party bus will follow close behind so runners can jump on at any time. You can run all of the for- of the race or you can run some of it or none of it. The uh, audience will vote on the winner's for the, of the costume contest. So bring the craziest friends you got. It's the Lundy Graw Barthon. Register now by going to latrail.org. LATrail.org. All right. So again, we've got uh, bow games to watch today. There'll be three of them starting at about 20 minutes, right when this show ends. You can watch the Camellia Bow from Montgomery where Buffalo will play against Georgia Southern, and Georgia Southern's one of the six teams the Cajuns beat this season. And four of the six teams that the Cajuns beat this season had at least six wins, you know, went to bowl games, had at least six wins, and a couple of them had nine wins. You know, Eastern Michigan ended up with nine wins. Um, uh, Marshall ended up with nine wins. So they had pretty nice seasons. some of the teams that they – that the Cajuns um, defeated this year, so they had some really good wins and some, as we talked earlier, some some um, some close losses. Four of them went zero four in, in the close games, and, and 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 end up with you know just under a five hundred record. Um, NBA action. I know once we get into January and football, the national championships games are played, and we're down to just the NFL playoffs and. Um, We'll be talking more NBA, but the but the Pels did get a nice win last night. 113, 193 over the Indiana Pacers. They got the number two seed as we speak. That's the spot they're in. I mean, there's no it, talking about playoff positioning, it's way, way, way too early for that. But they they do have the second best record in the Western Conference right now. Just just behind the Denver Nuggets, just a half a game behind them. So and their next game is Wednesday against Minnesota at seven o'clock. So um, if you're not if you're tired of football, there are some other things to to kind of you know look forward to and and, and the and around here anyway, the Pelicans are, are that team um, to follow and they, and again, they're doing very well. they they lost four in a row and now they've won three in a row and so, there's some there's some um things to get excited about there as well. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. LSU will be playing Purdue. It's a game that I don't know. It's it's we'll we'll talk tomorrow um with Koki about it, but I don't know. It it I mean if you're a big LSU fan, then any time that your team plays, it's a it's a big game. I get that. You know, I I get that. But it's not a game that it's easy to get excited about. You know, Purdue's lost some players. They're going to be playing without some key performers. There's not a lot on the line. It's just it falls more under this, you know, the bowl games or exhibition game kind of category. Thought process to me this game so um, I don't we don't we certainly don't want to dismiss it because it's taking place no question um, and you know it's LSU and so you know we'll watch it uh, if you're an LSU fan you're certainly going to watch it and, and and be excited about it just like the Saints fans were if you're a real Saints fan then you're excited about watching the Browns game and um, you know Excited about their opportunity to play the Eagles, and I mean, I don't think they have you know any hardly any chance to win at all. But but even if they lose that game and they're eliminated, then you're going to want to watch the last game against the Arnolds to hopefully you can you know they can defeat them. So I get it. If it's your team, then you're going to follow them, and that um and you should and you should get excited about every time they run out on the field. No question. I mean, but um. That game. I was looking up the time here. Uh, it is New Year's Eve, and it, they're going to play. It's it's a noon game, so that's going to be easier to even watch. So I kind of I kind of like that um, in Orlando, Florida, in the Citrus Bowl. So um, I like watching day bowl games when you're on holidays. Now, obviously, if it's a weekday and you're at work, that's not good. But if you're in a holiday kind of deal and it's a noon game, then you kind of like it. I think I, I kind of like the fact that the LSU game is at noon and Tulane is playing at the same time in the Cotton Bowl, so we can uh, you can flick back and forth. At least you know some people hate Tulane, like them. Some people like LSU, love LSU, or or root against them. But either way, you're going to want to watch the game if you're at home. Those are you know New Year's New Year's Eve could be fun to, to you know a lot of football to watch and then. On New Year's Day, we can watch the Saints get crushed by the Eagles. Watch it through your fingers. That's where I'm going to be watching. How I'm going to be watching that game anyway. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
5: Hey, Kev, how you doing, buddy?
1: How are you, sir?
5: Doing good, Kev. What sounds better, ten and four or nine and five?
1: Well, ten and and four.
5: Yeah, that's why. That's why it means so much. Because having that 10th win, I mean, that, that goes on your record. So that LSU wants this game just as bad as Purdue does. But you can't dismiss, you can't, you can't undo the transport
3: portal and all this other stuff that's, that's garbage. But that, 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 on that win column, when you have 10, that means a whole, whole lot. Because I guarantee if they lose it,
5: they're going to hear a whole, whole lot as well. So, but that's why I mean your overall record's going to be ten to four. I mean, how bad the Cages wanted to win that game? Well, I mean, they wanted it to have a winning season.
1: Better. Yeah, yeah, no question. A winning season looks better than a losing season. Yes, absolutely. All right, uh, Kev, Merry Christmas, man. Right. Happy New Year, buddy. You too, sir. No, I, I get it. Uh, ten wins looks better. than Nine wins. Every you, you want to win every game. I, I get that. I totally agree. You want to win every game that you play. Now. There are some people that if they don't like the coach, they want their team to lose. I get that. There are other fans at the NFL level that if they don't like their coach, they want their team to lose, or they want to get a higher draft pick. So there are some t- some fans that root against their team. I just I can't do that. Uh, and so you want to win every game, and no question. Uh, I think LSU or people are expecting LSU to win because of some of the production that that Purdue's not going to have. They're an offensive team without a lot of their best offensive weapons or some of their best offensive weapons. So to Chad's point, no question. LSU wants to win. Their fans want to win. It just looks better. It would it would cap off a um, a very encouraging season for LSU. And when you look, not a lot of people were saying 10 wins at the beginning of the season. Some – but not nationally, not a lot of people. There was this was a question mark season for LSU. So to Chad's point, absolutely. If you can get this win, you want to win every game. Like I said, and and think about how much more hopeful you are as an LSU fan going into this bowl than last year when you were playing with half a football team. I mean, that was a disaster show. You didn't even know who was going to be your, who was going to be playing at quarterback. And now you've got three pretty good options at quarterback. So it's a completely different world than than you were in last year at this time. So yeah, no question there. I, I didn't um I don't disagree with that at all. It's just you you kinda if you kinda wish Purdue had all its players and it would it would make this matchup more exciting to talk about, is basically what I should have said. Um It is what it is. But on Saturday, it will be a fun game. It'll be a good opportunity. Most people will be off. Most people will be at home or a lot of people will be at home. Oh, well, well, you got some good options. Got some good options. So look forward to that and then some more good options uh, on on Sunday. Um, NFL. It's kind of weird. the NFL is going to be playing, including the Saints, on Sunday. And it's not even the last game of the year. they got another game the next week. This has got to be the um, – obviously, never played 17 games. So it's, but this has got to be the latest finish in NFL history. You know, the – last week, we talked a lot about the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. That was a playoff game last week, 50 years ago. A playoff game. This year we're gonna play a week after, and then we're gonna play another game the week after that. And we're still gonna be in the regular season. It's crazy. Just showed it's the difference between where we are and how TV and all that impacts. But but really, I mean, back then when they played the Immaculate Reception, they were still in they were playing fourteen regular season games. Six preseason games back then. And 14 regular season games. Insanity in a lot of ways. But it's just just a different world. Different different world. No question. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out today's kind of get back in the swing of things show on the, after the long holiday weekend. And then we'll only have two more days, and we'll have another long holiday weekend. Hey, don't fight the feeling. I love it. I enjoyed it. Yesterday was nice we'll be back on the game southwest louisiana sports station in your home for the lsu tigers and the world champion welcome back to footnotes kevin foot on the game southwest louisiana sports station in your home for the lsu tigers and the world champion houston astros i realized during the break that i shorted you a game for the- there's actually four bowl games tonight cuz at about 9:15 tonight there's going to be a game at Chase Field in Phoenix, called the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Wisconsin against Oklahoma State. It's a pretty good matchup, program-wise. Wisconsin's had a weird season. Oklahoma State's been pretty good team for a, for quite a while now. So, um, you know, there's certainly way worse games than than that when Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. So was, I said three, but there's actually four bowl games uh, starting in about. I don't know, five or six minutes is the Camellia Bowl, as we said, the first responder bowl, about 2.15 Memphis and Utah State, about just shy of 6 o'clock, 5.45, is East Carolina and Coastal Carolina and the Birmingham Bowl, and it's not at Legion Field. It's at Protective Life Stadium, whatever that is, and then the Guaranteed Rate Bowl Chaseville at about 9.15 tonight. So even though it's not New Year's Day, bowl games all day. It seemed like the 27th growing up, that was always the Gator Bowl or the Sun Bowl. Sun Bowl during the day at 1.45 on the 27th. The Gator Bowl, it seemed like, was either that night or like the 28th a little bit, you know, the next day after. So I always enjoyed those day games while I was on Christmas vacation as a kid growing up. So look forward. Uh, hopefully you get a ticket. If you get a chance, you can see some of that football action today um so it's been uh again it's been a kind of a unique show in that we had a lot to catch up on things that happened 3 and and 4 days ago and we'll see how um how next weekend plays out with the NFL a lot of teams are going to or more teams are going to be bowing out another game by the way that took place last night that I meant to mentioned, just for Cajun fans. New Mexico State is not a game that probably any of us have ever cared about. But New Mexico State beat Bowling Green last night. That was their seventh win The Cajun's played New Mexico State. Again, remember, for years, for several years there, they were in the Sunbelt Conference, and um, so you played against them, and they weren't very good for most of that time. They've gotten a little bit better as a program. They got a bowl win last night, and they had a winning. They got that seventh win that the Caters were trying to get. They played up in Detroit, where the Lions play at Ford Field, and so um, you know we'll see what happens in that game. See where New Mexico State is. They were their athletic director, um, who had spent some time with Dr. Maggard in Missouri, so they that's kind of where that connection comes from. But they, um, you know, they were pretty outspoken about. And ve- very upset about you know not being part of the Sun Belt and, and the whole regional thing and he he was very outspoken when all that was going on and so it's not a surprise at all that um, the Cajuns got to match up with them but again that's a better program than maybe you remember when they were in Sun Belt six and seven years ago New Mexico State because they excuse me they um they've got seven wins so they're at least doing something right so. Just something to uh, keep an eye on moving forward, going into the Cajuns. Coach Des' second year. Next year in their non-conference schedule, and then they get to play the golfers. and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy that week anyway. But that's a long time from now. All right. So we appreciate uh, you getting us through this first day back. On we'll be having more interview talk. Hope to talk to. You. Coach Broadhead about Cajun women starting conference play and also LSU football. We'll start talking more about this matchup with Purdue with Cokie. Uh, We'll do all of that tomorrow. So it's not as cold, but still stay warm, still stay safe, and um, enjoy your time off if you get it. Have a nice day.